Good afternoon, everyone. Um, back again for uh, 90s Hip Hop, The Boom Bap Era, Part 3. Today, I have a special guest with me. My cousin, Troy, a hip hop aficionado. Um, so we're going to pick up basically where we left off on the last episode. And um, we're going to dive a little more into the diversity of, of the decade and the groups that came out and the artists who came in between the uh, mega groups. We're also going to uh, discuss the difference between a beat maker and a producer. So, what's up, Troy, man? How you feeling? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. So, um, you know, on the way over, we were, you know, we were talking about the uh, the diverse aspects of hip hop mm -hmm. as we knew it as we were coming up in that era. Because around, you know, not between nine, let's say, nineteen ninety two, about ninety six, ninety seven. The genre was, uh, it started out as just this big conglomerate of artists and different labels that supported the artists in some in certain areas until we know just it came out with. labels came. Yes. You had Tommy Boy, you had, uh, who was it? Sleeping Bag. Sleeping Bag. Uh, Cold Chillin'. Yep, Cold Chillin'. There was so many minor, I would want to say minor labels compared to the major labels because mm -hmm. it was like. You was on a minor label, you was knocking at the major leagues. And a lot of these cats was started off on um, the minor leagues. Like, I'm, for example, Tretch and them all just came from uh, Latifah and them had that label. Flavor unit. Flavor unit. And um, Duck, 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 Duck Down Records was a them. Yep. They all came from Tommy Boy. Right. De La Soul was Tommy, Tommy Boy. Boy. Yep, we still know they're having their legal issues with Tommy yeah, Boy. To this day. So a lot of cats during the nineties before they got a major deal were signed to these little labels who was putting out their music. Cause remember, major labels still wasn't messing with hip hop, hip -hop or that seriously. Mm -mm. If you wasn't a gimmick, and I hate to say like MC Hammer, the minor difference between the major yeah, league okay. labels and the minors. Yeah, that's you're right. I mean the the uh, the major labels really you're right they weren't messing with hip hop. Um, you know, at the time, remember, R&B was still reigning oh, yeah. supreme. R&B was the thing. And if you wasn't like... And the only few rappers that, I think, had serious deals with the major label was like Hammer, Vanilla Ice, Ice yeah. Run DMC, the Beastie Boys. It's probably a couple more off the top of my head. But I was I just looked up over here the thing of the most successful labels in hip-hop. From starting from Def Jam, Young Money, Rockefeller... Jive, Bad Boy, Grand Hustle. That's right, Jive. Yep, the tribe was a tribe was signed to Jive. Mm -hmm. And then it had Shady, Rough House, Cash Money, Columbia. Those are all like considered major, but they don't say Tommy Boy. Remember, Virgin at the time, Virgin Records was starting to come up because uh, if you go back to Jizzle when he did labels, he said mm -hmm. Tommy ain't my motherfucking boy. That's right. Oh, here's the one. Delicious vinyl. Delicious T vinyl. Tone Loke. Tone Loke, Young MC. MC. Yep. I think Def Jeff was on there too. Oh, yeah. Def Jeff was on there, I believe. Cold yeah, Chillin'. Chillin'. Molly yep. Moe, Cold Chillin'. Chillin'. Yep. The infamous Tommy Boy, yeah, of course. Yeah. Death Row. Yep. Death Row, yep. And, you know, the thing is, people don't... Re people... Some people who know who know about hip-hop know that the major labels were just... They just had distribution deal with them. Mm-hmm. 
the good thing about the about the 90s, the late 90s, early 2000s, was we got to see Master P basically pimp the label. Yeah, him and Jay-Z were and, like, because Jay, remember, Jay, Jay's Reasonable Doubt wasn't technically considered a classic until years later. Right. And that, was, and that was based on the strength of Dame yeah. doing Dame what Dame does best. That's market and promote without the, without the major label money. Because if I remember, if you ever seen the member that Jay-Z used to have the... Uh, if you bought Reasonable Doubt, there used to be a, a, a DVD. Yep. And it had the movie and everything. Yep. And it told how the major labels wasn't trying to mess with him after. So they was like, you know, screw y'all. We're going independent. Mm-hmm. Rap-A-Lot, another group. Rap, yep. Rap-A-Lot Records. There's a lot of Houston artists. Prince, uh, what's homeboy's name? Not, not Prince's. Not uh, dude. He's a big dude in Houston. He's the owner of Rap a Lot Records. He's Jay got, Records. Uh, no, Jay, uh, Jay, Jay Prince. Jay Prince. You Jay can't Prince. go nowhere in Houston without that, that. Nobody without knowing that dude. Yeah. Like he's he's got he's got weight. Yeah. In the game. A lot of weight. And, a, a lot of weight. But now as you, you know as the years are going on, it's his son that's taking. It's starting to take over the business. Yeah, and a lot. But a lot of people still. They respect him, but at the same time, they don't like him. Yeah, because of how you supposed. He had. There's been incidents with like some rappers, like, "Yeah, I'm not coming to Houston, checking in." Yeah, you see, you know, and that's. I think that was the thing. I think that's the thing that kind of changed the way we looked at hip hop too. Was, it, you know, in this golden era, you could come into town. You didn't have to do a check in. You came in, you explored. People like, oh, such and such is in town. Okay. You next, you know, you're in the studio with them. You're doing, you know, you got a session going. Right. The blunt's rolling around. Whatever's happening. Next, you know, you created a hit. Or you did, or you did a, a song with like somebody was trying to come on. Mm-hmm. Somebody was trying to get. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot of people were. A lot of people were cutting their teeth in those early days. Like you know, we were talking on the way over. Was um. You know. Fretch, Pac, a lot of guys were roadies. Yeah. So they were, you know, they were cutting their teeth. And, you know, we know Pac was a dancer. I don't think people remember that. Well, only true heads will remember that. Like, Pac started off as a dancer. Yeah. He 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 was a dancer, but he did write his own, he was writing his music. He waited his time. Yeah, he sure did. You know, and whether you like Pac or not, you know, Pac is a part of the fabric of of that helped, era, I say he helped shape the nineties. Yeah, I think ninety five is I th I call it the year of Pac because because <laughs> he, you know, it was like once he once he got free to be him. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was you know. But and I and I know I mentioned it. I think it was the first the first or second episode of this. How that whole Biggie and Pac thing really changed hip hop because it took the fun out of it. It did because I mean, it's it was East Coast versus West Coast. Yeah, and then and the media played a lot of that. Yeah, even though the media isn't like it is now. Mm -hmm. You had your old TV raps and BET had Rap City. Yeah, but I don't think if I remember right, Rap City really didn't play a lot into like the whole no thing. Young, young TV, MTV, not your MTV, MTV News. Yeah, MTV News and Vibe, Vibe, Vibe's the one that dubbed it East Coast, West, West Coast, Coast. Yep. and 
until this day. Pardon the noise, guys. That's my uh, that's my dog having an issue, and I'm not editing nothing. It, this is raw and authentic as it's gonna get. So, and also, if you hear my son in the background, this is an autism house. So, deal with it. Um, I think also, you know, one of the things. Here you go, Doobie. Those are yours. One of the things that, you know, I think that we tend to forget about hip-hop also was the beefs. You know, a lot of misunderstandings now, like, you know, we're talking 20-plus years later, you know, we're hearing about the whole supposed beef between Tribe Called Quest and Tupac at the Sauce Awards. Yeah, I, I saw that on a... God, I forgot to say this. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> who was talking? Well, who was the person was talking about it? Buster. Was it bu yeah, it was Buster. Cause even bu yeah, Buster was like it wasn't that serious. Yeah. But it got misconstrued. Yeah, because they were saying basically, at that time everything was on the DAC tape. Once that, that once that tape rolling, you couldn't stop it. Yeah. And Park had to come out and do his thing, you know, while they were still on stage. It was no, you know, and Park. Park wanted to get that solved, you know, because he didn't, you know, he thing is. There were so many beefs that people that uh, that Pac misunderstandings between Pac and a couple of groups. One was De La Soul. Yeah. Um, he was hurt because he thought that Ego Trip was about him, and it wasn't about him. They were talking about how when you get the money, that you start ego tripping and yeah. you start making all these videos. A lot of, but a lot of them cats are doing all that stuff after they got their money because the label was making it. Remember, a lot of people had their was when they first got into the game. They was being themselves, mm -hmm. and then and they was pure, and this was before the sex sells for women. Yep. And every guy was not trying to be a gangster; he was trying to make music and get your word out, and and have fun with it. Once you started getting that money from the labels, the labels were like, well, we, now we're giving you this big amount of cash. Mm -hmm. We want to give you a couple of ideas. You know how they do that. Well, dude, let us into let's throw this at you, this idea at you. This is going to sell. This reaches your demographic, blah, blah, blah. And, you, you know, once you get... A lot of these cats didn't have that kind of money. So yeah. you get a check for a million dollars, a million and a half. You, you're, you're like, yeah, yeah, I made it. And he's like, oh, <laughs> if you want to keep making money, well... Right. That's when the NPR dudes come in, they're doing all that yapping. Yeah. And a lot of you... And you see these cats. These cats started off one way, and then once they got the deal, they started changing. And you could tell it wasn't them. It was the record label pushing it. Right. Yeah, that's very true. That is very like true. You brought up, what was it, last week, when you brought up the women in the rap game. The before Lil' Kim, the Nicki Minaj's, and the Foxy Browns. There mm. was Bahamadia. Yep. Uh, Miss Melody. Hey, what's your name? Troy. I'll stop it. <laughs> yes, we know that's Evan. That's Cousin Troy. Yes, we're talking about music. We're talking about hip-hop. Cause and I guess so back to what I say it was Bahamadia, Miss Melody, uh, MC Trouble got rest. Was it MC yep, Trouble? MC Trouble, it? yes. She passed Adam away. Attack. Yep. Uh, the bo boss. Yep, boss. Deeper. Deeper was my song by her. And, and you know what made me mad about? You know, I was young. We were what, 16, 17 at the time. I want to say about fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, I want to say yeah between yeah around that time. And then when I found out. I thought she was gangster as hell. And I found out she wasn't even from L.A. Now, she wasn't from Baldwin Hills. No, she, she was, was from, from Detroit. No, oh, yep, from Detroit. And went to private school. <laughs> Sound like, what's the name in uh, 8 Mile? Yep. 
Clarence. Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Clarence has got two good parents. <laughs> For real, man. I was like, so, damn. But it, that was so... And I think that's what ruined her career because back in the 90s, you get called out. Remember? Yeah. If you was whack, you got called out for it and rappers would come test you. Perfect example that I, I was I was waiting to bring it up. KRS when he walked up on PM Dawn. Yep. When he punched, uh, what's his name in him? Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. I don't want to say it and then nobody get mad at me. So. Right. <laughs> but that was the word. And Remember, also, uh, Naughty by Nature had a problem with Daylaw. That's it. I heard, I heard the story. I never actually heard the whole story behind that. No, they they, uh, they took out of context something from uh, the intro song on uh, The Stakes is High. You stick to your naughty by natures and your canes. That that line right there. Oh, I can see how you can misinterpret that. Yeah. I mean. And they rolled up on him. And but you, yeah, well, we always think of De La Soul. Remember, De La Soul was even called hippie rap. Yeah. Yep. Even, like... Like them, I, who else? It was. It was so many. The native tongues were considered to be hippie rappers. Native tongues, but native tongues was Jungle Brothers, Brothers De La uh, Tribe, Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah, Moni Love. Love. Yep. Uh, Prince Paul. Prince Paul. Yep. It was. They, that was a diverse group, though. But I never really considered. I just remember when De La came because Skippy White's again, Three Feet uh, High and Rising was their first tape that I bought. Yep. I bought it right from down there yeah. on the east side. Yep, right on North Main Street. Right there. <laughs> I used to like that album. Yeah, see. Yeah, it, it, it was that, such, you could, the Skippies was one of those mom and pop stars that had all different types. You could get your Hammer, Vanilla Ice, Run DMCs, NWA. Mm -hmm. Then you could get BDP, freaking De La, yep. X-Clan. X-Clan is a group that does not get the credit it deserves. X-Clan is dope. dope. That, you know what? And the sad part is, is that they came out. God rest, into, God rest, uh, Professor, the overseer. Yep, Professor, is it Professor X? I, I can't remember. I think was I gotta it? look that up. I know yeah. it's something, but Professor X reminds me of X Men. Yep. Now I know. I think I know what you're talking about. And I brother J, brother J, yo, you wanna know something's crazy? Rock Kemalai's birthday. He turned 53. Why do I feel like he was so much older when we was younger? He looked older, and that it was that voice. You know, he had that, you know, Ron Cameron had that, that, that distinguished, that, that voice, it was, it was distinguished. You could tell it was him. But it was just so crazy. Like, some of these dudes, when I hear their age now, turning 54, 53, I'm like, you guys is like six or seven years older than me. Right. But when you come up, I swear to God, you guys is like 20s forever. Yeah. It, it was crazy because when you, when you, when you think about X-Clan. X-Clan is one of my, besides Public Enemy and Wu-Tang and Dayla. Professor X, you were right. And uh, Tribe Called Quest is one of my group's favorite groups. Like, I still have them on my Spotify. Oh, you, and I think, I, I think a lot of people, like, I wish a lot of the younger generation today would go back and listen to, I know it's, it's not impossible, but listen to everything from A to Z from the 90s in hip-hop. And they would understand why we are the way we are as far as our listening ear is concerned. Because there's no substance to their music today. There's no style. You know, where if someone bit your style in the 90s... You get you, called out for it. Yep. You, and and the, beef was, the beef was strictly on wax. Yeah, the dudes will call you out on it. Don't be surprised some dudes show up at your show and be like... Hey. Yo, yeah. I got an issue with what you're doing. I can't, but I, I can't say I don't think there's no diversity. I think a lot of these cats... These younger generation, 
they want to make the money quick. Remember, because at one point, there was a lot of social consciousness in the music in the 90s. Yeah, self-destruction movement. Yeah, and, and Black Pride, and with Brother X-Clan, Brand Nubian, uh, who else? Paris, The Paris. Coop, yep. Public Enemy, Karis One. Remember, you must learn. Yeah, you must learn. Who else? Um, Just Ice. Just Ice, Tragedy Gaddafi. Tra tra tragedy is my man, yo. I used to love that Arrest the President. Arrest the President, yep. That was my, that was my, I can, shit. That so was your shit. shit. Hell yeah, that was everybody's shit. You had, like, I learned more from them than I could learn in any freaking English class in high school. Because I remember when we used to go ahead English class, Christopher Columbus this, Bob George Washington this. You yeah. hear Karis one, he's talking about you must learn. Yeah. Shem was a black man in Africa. Repeat this fact, you can't laugh at you. To this day, I still remember that. You ask me about Christopher Columbus, I'm like, yeah, we know. He raped, he pillaged, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, where we had X-Clan, they were telling you straight up, yo, you yeah, know. Yeah, X-Clan, Lakim Shabazz. Uh, who else? Ooh, ooh. Come on, man. Come yeah, with it, Troy. Come I'm trying on, to man. think. There's so many. I, I literally was thinking when I was listening to your thing, because when you sent me the link, I was at work. I worked there. So I listened to that for like the whole hour. Mm -hmm. And while I'm listening to it, I'm like, yo, off the top of my mouth, this, this dude, this, this dude, this, this dude, this dude. Now I'm like, I'll get to work tonight and I'll be sitting there at like 2 o'clock in the morning remembering everything that I can't remember right now. Oh, that, and that's, and that's, and hey, my listeners, that's why we have these shows. We the ideas come after sometimes, which allows us to create more but like, content. But like I say, a lot of young cats. There's some cats that are dope, that, mm -hmm. but they don't get the credit because a lot of these cats with the gimmick nowadays. You got little this, little that. Yeah. Not hating on none of them. Trust and believe. Get your money to go ahead. But but a lot of the thing is too. Guys from our from our era have that longevity. Where you look at LL, he's basically been doing this for what? Uh, Since he was 16. 15. So we're talking, what, 40 years? Almost 40 yeah, years? Almost 40 years. Because he's 30, 50. 30 so, he's like 52, 53. He just had a birthday a couple of weeks ago. Yep. He's a Capricorn, but like yours true. <laughs> um, it, it's just one of those things, I think, where... When when that... like You don't you think about it in this in these terms. And I'm, if I'm getting a little off, off track... Mm -hmm. Pardon me, but when you look at what the '90s represented, it represented black power, black pride. It was telling you black have, consciousness have as well because we was coming into our own <coughs> for so long. We were we didn't have black our music in that '90s. I think it was the voice of the youth. Yep. And when we could, when the riot, L.A. riots, you had N.W.A. They spoke for the West Coast. And think about this. I'm glad you brought that up. After the riots, remember, Q came up with Wicked. Mm-hmm. Another dope. But when you listen to the lyrics, it was like, oh, okay, it's Willie Williams, really down with the pilgrims. Yeah. Just a super slave. Let me pick that ass up like super oh, day. day. Yo, that, that line was... When that line was open, if you, those who don't remember who Willie Williams was, he was, the, I believe, the chief, chief of police. police. Yes, he was. And then that line right there was so dope that you had to, when you had the tape, you had to stop, play it back. rewind, play it again. Yep, because it's on to the fullest. And another dude, Ice, Ice T, remember? Cop yeah, killer. Cop, cop killer. killer. That set pissed off so many, excuse me, white people. Y'all got heated back then. Y'all wanted the FBI to investigate him. You forgot about his right to free speech, but when he came out with that that cop killer, rock, and it was a rock song, it wasn't a rap song. It was a rock song. 
He, yes. He, <laughs> which is so crazy for them to be like, yo, you remember when you first heard that? I remember, actually, I couldn't even listen to it till a couple of years later because my parents, well, you know, I could say, well, my mother was like, oh, just inciting violence. And my older brother was like, nah, because he was, you know, he and his boys were out there in the streets. They weren't selling drugs. They were just having a good time. But they were young black men who went to work, went to school, had cars, did things legitimately, but got harassed by the police. Yeah. And it, I, and, I remember, because the first time I heard it was, and this is crazy because I was just watching the documentary, LA 92, about the Rodney King trial. Okay. And as I'm watching that, I, was, I remember that because I was 15 at the time. Yep, yep, 15, yeah, 15. We, yeah, fit, was it 92? 92, so LA riots was 1990. We so we were 16. I was probably 15 16. going on 16. Yeah, both of us, yeah. Cause it, and I remember the, hearing, the, remember the verdict was all blasted on MTV. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. And they had protests, because I remember I went to the protests right in Kennedy Plaza, right. where the thing was at when Buddy Cianci used to be a man. Yeah, because I remember they wanted to, uh, they were trying to stretch that protest to the boulevard. Yeah, and so... And then I just remember it popping out MTV was uh, Colin Quinn, Ice T. Uh, yes, I'm giving a shout out to Colin Quinn from MTV. <laughs> he came on in. He was like, Ice T dropped a new song called Cop Killer," and America does not. I'm 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 ad libbing because because well, mm -hmm. but when you heard him talk about it, and it's on MTV, which MTV at the time was like besides BET, yep, was the biggest thing to get to your videos. Yeah. And they was they lost their mind. Like they wouldn't even play the song, they played a snippet. Yep. And then they then they went to like who was the uh George Bush's was the president, but who was the vice president that said Dan Quayle. Dan Quayle was one Dan Quayle and uh, who was the the black lady that wanted remember the, she was wanted to take the CDs and always wanted to try to burn them or take the steamrollers. Yeah. Dolores C. Tucker. Yep. So when you see that on MTV, you're like, yo, I got to get the tape. Yep. Skippy Whites. <laughs> I remember I took the office down. Skippy Whites made money off me. If you Remember when you used to get singles? Yeah, man, that's what I was talking about in one of my early episodes. Go out, get the single, yep. or you get the maxi single. You yep. damn near had the album. Like, because the radio stations wouldn't play the song. Not no. even the Collins joints. But mm -hmm. they, Skippy was like, he, he went to, I believe, New York or Boston. Got, got it there because they wasn't trying to sell this thing. I got a single of Cop Killer. My grandmother Emma heard it, and she's like, "You better take that crap the hell up out of here and all that thing." <laughs> I don't think she understood what that wasn't him just trying to kill cops. It was a, basically a political statement because the black youth tight. And then of yeah. course you know Chuck D, Chuck yeah. D, he ate it up. Chuck, uh, you know, and that's the thing, man. You know, if, if I'll say you, we talk about Chuck for a, for a brief moment here, you look at Public Enemy as a whole when they had you, you look at their albums. Fair of, or it takes a nation of millions to hold us back and then Fair of a Black Planet. You look at the two songs, Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos, yep. and then Welcome to the Terror Dome. Welcome to the Terror Dome, I think, and, and, and you look at Cop Killer. Welcome to the Terror Dome was like, it still hits people in the head because of what everything Chuck said in that song has taken place right now. Of course. I don't think people understand how, how much of that music directly... Involves with shit with the last four years. I'm not gonna get political side of things. Hey, you gotta go there, go there, man. That's but what we here for. If you hear, if you hear what we're saying back in the early '90s, middle '90s, that shit's going on now, and it's what 25 years later, almost 30 years later. Yeah, it still goes on. The only difference now, 
It's you got the phones now. You can catch all this stuff now. The Rodney King thing, when that the whole thing, that gentleman that caught the thing on the video camera, he caught that by accident. Like he said, because when they showed him the documentary, he heard the commotion. Mm -hmm. He went to his window. He saw that they was beating that man down. He went and grabbed his video camera, and he had like the big old video camera. Yeah. Remember before the handheld joint? Yep. If you had that big old one that you had to put over the shoulder, like a bazooka, and you had the thing like this. <laughs> there wasn't too many people in the hood that could get one of those unless you like sold drugs or yeah. you had you was an athlete. Yep. But you had like, that money. You had that type of. This dude had it, and he was a white dude, and he was like, yeah. So that music right there, when you heard dudes Chuck D, Ice T, Ice Cube, um. Who else was in West Coast? Compton's Most Wanted. King T. King the Alcoholics. T. No, who else? It was a group. Um, AMG. Remember to do AMG? Who was yep. he for? Uh, what's the name of that group he was in? AMG was Something yeah. Most Wanted? No, that's Compton's Most Wanted. Most Wanted. Uh, I mean, basically, you had uh, MC8 and uh, Spice One. Those guys were always talking. They was, they was talking gang life. They were talking gang life, but remember, they're also talking about the effect that the police... Had, had, had on the neighborhood yeah. helicopters flying over. Cra crash. Yeah. Remember the yep. Col 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 movie Colors was Col a perfect example, even though it was kind of hyped up, but it really told what was going yeah. on. Ram like, <laughs> I remember when when Colors came out and I saw it in the theaters, and like, it, I never knew nothing about the West Coast. Just what we saw in videos. And, but right. Then you saw that, and it was like, Oh damn, yeah. that's a whole different for what we go on East Coast. But we have cops on East Coast jacking us up. Yeah, but just you know, we just didn't have it in the sense of where they would they had military you know, out west they had the military firepower. They had, you know, they had battering rams. And so the music that was being made from the West Coast was a reflection of what these young black men and Latino men went through. Yeah. Because you had the Mexican guys out there rapping some Oh uh, yeah, Kid Frost. Kid Frost. La Raza. Yo, La Rasa. Yo, that's a dope song. Lighter Shade of Brown. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, who else is there? Alcoholics. They, had the, they was... Are they Mick? They're Spanish? No, they're brothers. All they're right, brothers. I always thought for some reason it was Spanish. But who else was it? It was more than just... Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill, yep. Kill Ken. When they came out here and did kind of Kill a Man. That yeah, was, that was filmed right in New York. Yeah. And people don't understand... Yo, see, my good listeners... If you're anyone that's uh, that's younger than 30 and you're listening to this, we're not saying your music is garbage or anything like that, but the difference between this era and our era is, and I'm going to say it again, is you had there was a message, there was substance, you had some style, but the substance outweighed the style, you know, and don't get don't you know and don't don't get us wrong here. Yes, the West Coast did have it jumping. I mean, Snoop came out with, you know, think about the first time you heard Snoop was Deep Cover. Deep Cover, yup. Talking about killing the cop. 187 on the undercover cop. And if you know, if you've seen the movie Deep Cover, you'll understand why that song came about. Anybody that's under 30, watch Deep Cover the movie. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, a, it's a classic movie. Watch that movie, then you understand what Snoop's came out because you also gotta remember Snoop was going through his shit at that time too yeah he beat the rap on that murder case yeah, that murder he had charge. that joint so and he said that in his music back then remember because he was locked up the OG's told him don't, don't come back here no yeah, more yeah you got a chance yeah, to get yeah. out of here you go yep but he came up murder was the case that they gave me yep who was who was, was that song oh my god the West Coast had so many dudes that was dope 
they had the far side. Far side is what is a classic group that doesn't get the respect it deserves. Nope. I mean, they had the two albums. This, you know, the first album was really, I think, is really a, a, a it's a, I call it a hidden gem. Just be, when you listen to the album, you had the songs on the down low. Other fish. Um, what else do they have? Uh, Pack the pipe was one of my favorites, man. Uh, who else? Oh shit! I Souls of mischief. Souls of mischief is one of my all-time favorites. Ninety-three to infinity. Yeah. That song is so dope. Casual came from that. Casual. Yeah. I didn't mean to. Raz cast. Uh, yep. Friggin' so. Um, and you, of course, right. you got uh, Nate Dogg, oh. Warren G. Yep. Uh, corrupt, Daz, all under Snoop's people's. Yep, Snoop's other people that came out. The East Side, yeah, Goldie Loke and uh, who's the other dude? Goldie Loke and uh, see, brother, if you ever hear this thing, I'm not, I'm not dogging you out. I just can't remember your name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so many cats. There's like so many, and then of course you got the Bay E40, Too Short, Short. Mac Dre, hey. God rest his soul. So, yep, the Coop, the Coop, yep, Paris, because Paris who was. Oh, he's right out there from Oakland. Yeah, but Paris, remember he was he was he was doing with PE, I think, for a little bit. He was, on, he was under the, the umbrella, like he 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 was rapping the same stuff. Yeah, I think he he was under that umbrella with them, like, but mm -hmm. he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. But then he went west, and oh my god, there's so many dudes from the west. Um, Del the Funky Homo, Homo Sapien, that's Diesel. Ice Cube's cousin. Yeah, you know, to whoever thought that that you, they talked about. Tribe and them native tongues being hippie rap. He was a Dell was technically hippie, hippie rap for West Coast. Yeah, he was he was what we would call a, a backpacker. Yep. You know? Backpacker, and that's where the, the underground came from. The yeah. Term. A lot of cats associated with being underground rappers because they wasn't when you think West Coast, you're thinking all the hardcore gangster yeah. rap. And then you see Dell the funky homo sapien. You see Souls of Mischief. You see freaking and, and you know, and I'm like when Souls of Mischief came out with '93 till uh, till Infinity. At that time, it was like you know, my recollection of '93 was it was crazy because we were coming off of the heels of a low end, the low end theory by Tribe. Classic album. Then, because I got it right here, for good people, <laughs> vinyl. Midnight Marauders. Midnight, and I said this in uh, the first episode. The two most influential albums of our time. You may, if you want to disagree with me, you disagree. <laughs> but Wu Tang's Enter the Thirty Six Chambers and the Tribe Called Quest Midnight Marauders came out on November 9th, nineteen ninety three. And I bought both of them so, tapes at Skippy White. Yo, Skippy White got a lot of money off me as a kid. Yo, like, joined the club. I live. Remember, I live right off. Yeah, live, you did. You well, right down the street. But other than when we was kids buying Transformers, a lot of my yeah, stuff said, as I got older went, went right to Skippy, Skippy White's. White. I can hear my grandmother now. Where's the money you got for your lunch? Um, gone. Where'd you spend yeah. on it? <laughs> gone. So it's what? Exactly. And and just a quick little break for a hot seconds. I got to do a plug here. So hey, if you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and that's how we're doing this podcast right now. So um, let me explain. It's free. Everybody likes something for free, correct? So Anchor is a free app that you can download. Now, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And um, Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. 
So go out there and download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And um, <laughs> we're back. We're back again. I was looking on the back of the Midnight Marauders album with all the faces. Mm -hmm. And so Delta Homo Sapiens on here. Yeah. So eight the members of a... Of um, Souls of Mischief. I want to say this is Diddy in the corner. It looks like Diddy way down at the bottom. Yep, that is Diddy. That is Diddy, right? That is Diddy. Without the glasses. glasses. And, and, the, and the funny part is, is that the only person that didn't make it on there was Prince Paul. And um, he says it in their documentary, Beach Rhymes in Life. We saw that. Right? You saw yep. that. And I saw it at that place on the east side, that little movie theater place. We saw that. Yeah. Ended up getting a DVD. I got the DVD myself. You know, we. I think the thing is, like, when you, when you really look at that, and I was saying it, in 93, Tribe and Wu-Tang came out with those albums. People are going to argue and say, nah, man, Jay changed the game. If we all know Jay was out with Jazzo, Hawaiian Sophie, mm -hmm. but if it wasn't for these two albums that I mentioned sonically, you would not, you would not listen and look at hip-hop the same. Understanding that and we were, we were just we were discussing this before the show is that um if you don't know Jizza was a Jizza was part of the Gravediggers which came out before but he was part of that group they didn't, their music didn't come out until after Wu-Tang but to understand just the impact that Midnight Marauders had cuz without without the Midnight Marauders Nas still would have came out but I don't think Illmatic would have had the same effect. But when Nas came out, wasn't he brought from Live at the Barbecue, which was Lodge Professor, another dope producer yep. who doesn't get credit. Yep. He was brought out with them. He was brought out with them, and they were all tied in with Tribe. Yeah, they was all in that circle. Yeah. Because a lot and of, see, that's what I think a lot of these cats don't know about. There was a lot of dudes that was in cliques, but it wasn't... Yeah. They, that just, once they got their chance, they took off with it. Remember, because... Pre, uh, not well, Lodge Pro, Lodge Pro, Tribe, Nas, all from Queens. Yep. And then also, we first heard Nas on Live at the Barbecue, but his first single was Halftime, which was on the Zebra Head soundtrack, which came out in 1992. Yep. Then, you know, we had to wait two years for that, for Illmatic to drop, which is, it's I think, classical. and that's the thing people don't understand. This dude was a teenager. This dude was a teenager. Who wrote down some of his personal experiences, but also tragedy Gaddafi. He saw he saw what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what Nas was penning was stuff that he was viewing. Like we talk about Ice Cube being a great writer. Ice Cube, yo, Ice Cube is a savage. People don't give Ren the credit. He and Ren, Ren, yeah, because yeah. I think he he was in the shadow of Ice Cube. Yeah, you know, or if he got, so you know how when they broke up. And then the NWA versus Ice Cube. Yeah. If it was Ren that would have left, and he would have gotten a chance to showcase his things, he might be in that mentioning. Because remember, he just stuck. He stuck with NWA. Yeah. And but it wasn't until later on that he decided to go like you know I can't fuck with you no more. Because then they all pretty much left, and then they all reconciled once Easy got rest his soul passed yeah. away. But like if he would have left first. And then say NWA versus MC Ren. Yeah. He would have been able to showcase his ability. Because Ren is dope. Yeah, Ren, Ren did a lot of writing after yeah. after uh, Cube left. So he was dope. I just I just think he was he's overlooked because of Cube. 
And that's also a label issue. Oh, that's yeah. also a label, you know. I Ruthless think, Records? Yeah. Well, we all know, you know, I rest easy soul, but we all know you got when you got the little the little devil in your air. Are we saying Jerry Heller? Oh yeah, oh that's right, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry yes. Heller. Because remember, that's what Q was. That's why. Remember, Q got in trouble for making a song about made that Jew break up my crew. Yep. You know, all the Jewish community got bent out of shape because. And he, but he never backed down from no, it. He wasn't saying the community. He was just saying Jerry, Jerry Heller, yep. who was a Jewish white man, a dude who had been in the record business. It had no success. I think it was Cube that was uh, Cube took that said, Remember record deal number one thousand eighty. Record company people, people are shady. shady. So kid, watch your back. I think they smoke crack. I don't doubt it. Look, Look at how, how they, they act. act. It's often better things like a hip hop form. Right. Aspen the rock, not score with the chrome. Proper. Uh, what Did you, you say, say hammer? hammer? Proper. Yep. Hey, I'm not saying nothing <laughs> about him. After seeing that Reggie Redman joint yeah. where he said yeah. something about him and they rolled up yeah. on him. Yeah. We all, <laughs> Hammer was we all knew Hammer was all Hammer, 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 Hammer. Hammer, Hammer. We, 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 but we, Oak, Oakland had rolled heavy for Hammer, and Redman co-signed on that. Mm -hmm. Like I was a kid back then, and we, I, I ain't gonna lie, I bought the first MC Hammer tape and bought the baggy hey, pants. But hold up, <laughs> yo, when you when we first heard Hammer, we saw the dancing. But when you started to listen to him, rock, like actually flow, you were like, wait a minute, this dancing fool got. Wait a minute. Just like Kid and Play, we heard when we first heard Kid and Play's first album. It wasn't until uh, Whedon was like, "Nah, man, play that back. Listen to it." And we were young. He was telling me, "Yo, man, nah, forget the dancing. Listen to what they're saying." They, they was, they was young kids, but they was dope. Yeah, and I liked Kid and Play. I didn't give a damn about the dancing. It was another thing that goes with the nineties, a genre of music that was fun to dance to. Yeah. House parties, school dances. Yeah. And that's, yo, I mean, you think Block about... Block parties, you, you could play that stuff and... Yeah, I mean, think about it. You look at all the... Salt and Pepper, Kid and Play, Hammer, they all... They, yo, they were all dope in their own right, but they brought that dancing element. They bought music where it was supposed to be fun. I'll give you... Hey, I'll give you all a video. Go back to Smith & Wesson slash the Coco Brothers, one-on-one -on -one oh. from the Soul & the Hole soundtrack. They got the two girls going off in their video dancing. Hey... Come on, we, we can't, I mean, it can't, everything can't be hardcore. Because <laughs> like Cat Williams, you can't always be angry. You banging it over bacon? Remember Cat said that? Yep. I, mean, I can understand that, appreciate that so much more now when I think about stuff. You angry at 7 o'clock in the morning? You banging you, over bacon? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. But, yo, another great documentary. Go see Soul and Ho, Ed Booger Smith. Oh, my God. I'm a basketball junkie, by the way, so. Mm -hmm. That right there, yeah, because that's a track on him. Friggin' Wu Tang was on that. Yep. Friggin', oh my God, it was so. Who else was on? There was so many. Common was on. Common was on there. Yeah, we gotta talk about Chicago rappers. Man, let's go with it then, man. Con, besides Common, Con, Crucial and, Conflict, and, and, Twister, and Kanye. And Con, well, Kanye. Yeah, it does nineties. He's late nineties, early two thousand. But he yeah. got, he got a, uh, he learned that from that right there. From No ID. Yeah. No yeah. IDs. Yo, nobody talks about that, brother. He's responsible for a lot of common sounds early mm -hmm. in his career. No ID. No ID is dope. And he would call, and if he's no ID spelled the right way, it's Dion, which is his name. Yep. Dion. <laughs> and uh, of course, we don't talk about We don't talk about organized it's confusion, Pharaoh Mons, Prince Poe, OC. There's so many. This is what I mean. When you talk about the boom bap era, it's so vast. You could talk, you could have episodes for 
here to eternity because you will, again, it's just not just the boom bap. You got West Coast, Down South, Uncle Luke at the time. Two Live Crew was banging. Two Live Crew, I think I think a lot of people don't, because I think it's, a li it's your listening pleasure. If you're not into bass music, then you really weren't trying to hear that stuff. Yeah, but, it, but I mean, as kids, oh, man. Man, you remember the first time you seen uh, the video where they the What's the video that that video that they got in trouble for? Uh, me so horny. Yeah. Oh. You first see that, you're a teenager. You're like, Ass. that's like your first like porn video. Oh, we all I know about that I saw was ass and titties. That's what and, I, I saw that, and I just remember going to school the next day, and it was like somebody had the tape, mm -hmm. and the first thing I remember saying is like, yo, I saw the video. Okay. I was like, yo, did you see that video? <laughs> This kid in my classroom had the tape. This is when we all had Walkmans, and you mm -hmm. sit there in the first period before you go to your class or homeroom, and you had a, and he's in. Remember, y'all had that one person. You hear him listening. He's like, "Yo, let me listen." Mm -hmm. So you take one side. You're listening, but now it's loud enough where the teacher could hear it. Yep. So the teacher came in there, and I was in. We were sitting in the whole room. It wasn't me, but I was sitting at the desk, and we're all like, "Yo, that's in fire!" Teacher came up. What are you listening to? Pop that coochie! Yeah. <laughs> Two kids in my classroom got kicked out, sent to the principal's office. Remember that? Go to the principal's office. office. Yep. They go out there, so now we're looking like, yo, anybody else going to get kicked out? <laughs> I kept quiet. Didn't see them cats until like the end of the day. Like, yo, what happened? Like, yo, the principal broke my tape. Said there was something that's not appropriate for school. I, I remember I said something stupid like, yeah, I wish you would break my tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, that that was a, like, again Skippy White like, made money. And I was not losing my yeah. money. And the funny thing is, you and everybody, if you know whoever's listening to this, that's going to end up listening to this locally, you know Skippy White's was the move. Mm -hmm. When they when they were originally on North Main Street, next to the old Shell gas station. Yep. You knew you go in there, you could talk to Mark or Buck, DJ Buck, DJ Buck. the legendary DJ Buck. Buck will put you on to something. Nah, nah. That ain't what you want. Listen to this right here. Take that home with you. You'll like it. And nine out of ten times, well, I ain't gonna say nine out of ten. Ten out of ten times, Buck was right. You know, but I think we. I, I think the thing is, like, there were so many dope. There were so many songs that 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 sparked controversy, and I think that's also a part of the nineties too. Yeah, was like that. You had the controversy, but then you come to the O. You mentioned OC when he did Times Up. That's a dope. Everything's either get uh, drugs, drug related or sexual, mm -hmm. and it went over so many people's heads at that time. But then it came up again. There was an episode of uh, New York Undercover where they started to show off with that. Remember that show? Yeah, dope it, show, dope show, dope, the, dope show because it played raw hip hop. Yep, there wasn't no commercial hip hop. I mean, like it had a couple, but they played artists that you wouldn't. Think about that beyond back then. Yeah, and that used to be that was made that show dope, and it was dope because it was two cops that was from the hood. Yep, and acted like they was from the hood. It wasn't like the cops that we see. Hey, you a freeze? Yeah, blah, 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 yeah blah. this was this was this ain't New York undercover was not your mother and father's chips. Yeah, blue hill. <laughs> what's that cop show? Uh, the, remember the old police show back then? Uh, something blue. Oh, I can't. Remember. Oh, Hill Street Blue. Hill Street Blue. It, it was definitely nah. wasn't that. Wasn't Miami Vice? Nope. Wasn't nah. Hunter? Nope. What? Nah. Nope. <laughs> These dudes dressed like they was from the from the hood. Like they was dudes that was on the block. Like the fatigues, Tim's. 
the car hot, the car Kanai outfits, the yeah. freaking cross color outfits. Showing my age, the only people our age remember cross colors and Kyle Kanai. Yep, uh, that's when we, and that's the thing too. That's when the, you know, when we start to see the Tommy Hill figures, the polos, the guests. You know, we start seeing cats. Shout out to my man, what's him call it? Uh, uh, Victor, 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 Victor. He's Thurston Howell. Thurston Howell the th yes, Thurston Howell the third. Thurston Howell the third and the low lights from New York. Y'all yep. cats was the ones that put me onto the polo yep. game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they've been doing that forever. And I've met Thurston and I've met a couple of cats from New York. They came down to a cookout from that we have every Memorial Day. They come and they repped and they still polo down. These cats, I mean, yo, you look back, it was shows like that that had that influenced the culture. Yeah. Like and you said, Tommy, Tommy Hilfiger wouldn't have got on in the hood if it wasn't for her. Do same thing with Timberland. Yep. Tim's. Tim's was hip hop was why Tim's got popular. Yep. Like the, we all know Tim's was working boots mm -hmm. for construction workers. But hip-hop made it cool to wear the Timbs. Timbs yep. New York Cats did that. So yep. give New York Cats the credit that they deserve. Um, shows like New York Undercover put on Maurice Malone. Remember Maurice yep. Malone here? Walker Wear. Walk, Woo Wear. Woo Wear, yep. They, mainstream eventually when started catching on when they realized that they could make money off of it. And that's when, the me that's when it, you know, we started to see after the... Uh, the the uh, depression in the early 2000s. Once Bush came into office, we started to see record labels. Uh, George W. Yeah. George W. W. You big dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no I know. I know one of them passed away. I don't mean to be disrespectful. Uh, Herbert Walker, the dad. Yep. But now, once he came into office, it was like, you know, we went to a recession, and then record labels had to uh, start laying people off, and eventually they had to close their doors, which. Yeah, that which kind of killed them. Remember, yeah. they used to do crazy videos, which were was worth money. Yeah, I think Dame Dash said that in the thing before. He was like, "Yo, we was making million dollar videos, and then once that little recession thing, our budget got cut." Yeah, a lot of budgets were cut, you know. And I, I think that's also kind of where, you know, you got to really see whether you whether you like them or not. And I say it all the time. That's when you start to see the cash money guys really make their money. Cause they well, cash money, I gotta get. I I say they 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 followed that print, imprint of Master P. P. P came out when he came out. Yo, the South was already popping. You had Houston, you had ATL, you had Miami, you had um, and when he came out in New Orleans, he had a blue, he just had that blueprint, and everybody jumped on that that no limit swag. I don't, you don't, you yeah. can't say swag because well, swag is played yeah. out. That that wave. That wave, yeah. <laughs> I want these old cats. Yo, you know you're old. You said swag. Who says that anymore? I don't know if Detroit Detroit still uses swank. I like swank. I don't think Detroit gets a lot of credit either. We don't talk about trick trick. Nope. Trick trick. I know everybody says Detroit. You automatically think of M. Yep. You forget about Slum MC Village. Bree. MC MC Breed got arrested. So Ooh. Breed, one of the cats yeah. that got to work with Pac. Yep. Gotta get and yours. My, you gotta, gotta get mine. Got, yep. I got that on my Spotify. Yeah, I mean, and that's and the thing is, you know, and when we first heard them, because it wasn't East Coast or wasn't West Coast, we still. And I know a lot of us. From I speak for myself, I wasn't really warming up to a lot of people because I'm like, this is East Coast. If they're coming from out of New York, ain't I ain't hearing it? But, I was, I was, 
I can't say it because I, I, I fucked with uh, Slum Village, but that was late years well, later. Yeah. Days, later. I am freaking MC Breed. I did mess with him because, like I said, I still got his joint on my phone, Spotify account. I listened to that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when that Pac and Big East Coast mm -hmm. thing went down, I was East Coast by it. I liked Pac's music, but I'm from the East. And but you, but you know the, the what I noticed about that time too was the South, Southwest, whatever, however you want to you know put it, West Coast, in the Midwest, they supported a lot of their own artists. Of course, we watched the East Coast kind of eat themselves alive. You know, that's how they say the South came up because the South just bided, waited their time. Outcast was dope. Hey, when you came from Atlanta. Outcast when they came out with Southern Playlistic, Listen, my favorite all-time Outcast album. Man, look, I don't. I'm and I'm not. And I'm gonna say it, man. When I first heard them, when I first heard that, I was like, "What's that?" And all of a sudden, they, you you the start Dungeon here. Family. Yeah, the Dungeon. Come on, man. We, it, you know, they, they are very. They, whether they came out, they came out in the mid '90s, but they're still a part. They made. They made. They came out towards the end of the nineties, you're right. Yeah, like, mid yeah, mid nineties. Uh Outcast, they came out in ninety four. Yeah. And Yep. Early yeah. So they, they fit into the category of in the nineties. Oh, most definitely. I mean, their sound they had some, you think about this. They appeared on the New Jersey Drive soundtrack. Yo, that's Benzer or Beamer. You either one of Benzer or Beamer. That's when we the first saw the bank had bounce. Yep. And then I said it I said it last week. When when Naughty did the craziest, we saw Outkast in the video. We saw Goody Mob. Yep. We saw the entire Dungeon family. Yep. We have a small. There's a small snippet of Coolio and Razzcast from the West Coast. Yep. So we that that's and I think that's the thing. Like when that whole East West crap was going on, cats was still doing their thing, and they was there was cats working behind the scenes that was like yo. I'm, I'm not getting involved in the East Coast West thing. If the, if I got my peoples out there and in New York and I can work with them, I'm gonna work with them. If I got and cats in New York, yo, I got peoples out. Cypress Hill's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Cypress Hill, Ice Cube, and them went out the East Coast and was working with Public Enemy. Well, and you saw when I can, can how to kill a man. They're in Manhattan, um, Times Square, yeah. walking around. Yep, walking around with Cube and mm -hmm. Public Enemy and all them. So it wasn't. Um, it was like this beef was that serious. It was just blown way out of proportion. It, it was really between two record labels, and two and two guys. Well, one guy who was waging war on a, on a supposed friend, you know. And I think that's something that I think a lot of people always misconstrue when it comes to that. Is that it was Pac? Because in the end, Dre wasn't involved in that. Dre was like, I just want to make mu music. Mm -hmm. you, you guys can do all that crap. Dre always always will say that he was behind. Mm -hmm. He wasn't behind the whole idea of beefing. He was like, "Yo, I'm here to make music, get my money." Mm -hmm. Hey, hold on, I got to do another another plug. <laughs> Thanks to Anchor for allowing us to do this. If you guys are thinking about making a uh, podcast, come to Anchor. It's a free app. Download it. It has um, it has a, a lot of tools that you can use to edit and uh, record. You can do it right from your phone or your computer. So, please go download the free app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. So, at you know, I think the West Coast was 
it was because it, it, it's so vast and wide. There were guys who wanted just to do their music. I think they all got. I think a lot of cats that did bite the bullet on that and started adding their two cents into the whole thing were pressured because it's like, yo, if I don't rep for the West, yeah, I'm gonna get frowned upon. Or if I don't rep for the East, I'm selling out. And also, record labels were eating that up. Oh yeah, they was making millions off of this. They were, and and I, you know, I I think I was uh, at the time. I'm still trying to find the homeboy's name. This is gonna bother me. The dude from the West Coast. Uh, AMG, AMG, the rapper. You know what? I'm looking his name up right now. AMG is from. Born, no, he's 50 years old. Most of them. Oh my goodness, it's gonna drive me nuts till I find this. So <laughs> I hate. Did you ever have that? The the block. It's that mental block. You can't think of something. He was cool with DJ Quick. Ah. Another guy who gets no credit. Another, another. I want to say it's America's Most Wanted. AMG. But hey, all I know is you mentioned Quick. Um, DJ Quick is so. I like, like, and it's a funny thing is I remember being younger. I wasn't really into producers or beat makers like mm -hmm. that. Like I knew of Molly Mall, yeah. Dre. Uh, oh my goodness. Large Professor, Dilla. Mm. Shout out to my man Blair Masari from England. He's the real one that put me on to Dilla heavy because one day he was like, hit me up on Facebook. He's like, yo, you know who you listen to? I was like, yeah, it's such and such. He's like, no, have you listened to the beat? Like, hey. And I heard of Dilla, but I didn't. You know how you hear somebody, but you don't hear them? Yeah. He's like, yo, and this, listen to the beat. Look up Homeboy. Look up his, this, his whole body of work. Yeah. Go on the internet, start typing Jay Dilla, blah, blah, blah. And I find out he worked with so many cats with their music that I liked. And I'm like, and then, so now you got to go listen to everything. He's like, yo, this, this cat made this? Yeah. You got to, you know, you got to realize, man, it was, uh, I think, Amp Fiddler. Uh, he was, uh, was originally, he was part of Funkadelic. Who was, uh, you know, who was really, like, you know, like, got this kid in my air all the time, you know? And then we all know he, um... He got his, uh, you know, he got, he came in with uh, with the Uma. He produced um, the Love Movement for a tribe called Quest and um, what else? And Beats Rhymes in Life. Yep, another dope. I don't think people understand how well, unless you was around that era. Tribe was dope. Tribe is still dope. God rest Fife. Mm -hmm. Like they made some bangers. Okay. And I think people don't give them credit because they wasn't the. The norm of what people want to hear is like, no, they, they ain't hard. No, but they was dope. I mean, laid back, yeah. dope music. Like, if you're, Louise, remember you used to have to take the bus to go to school? Yeah. You had a, sitting on the bus, got your headphone, the CD player, whatever it is you had, and you just listen to that. I like, as much as I love all the hardcore stuff, sometimes I just want to vibe and relax. And Tribe is that. That's why I love Tribe's music. Like, you, you, you talked about beats. Um, I'm still searching for this guy's group. <laughs> this is going to drive me nuts. And I'll say this too, you know, DJ Quick was like one of the first guys that like I sat down. I never had any of his tapes. Like I didn't own any. I had like, um, you know, I had a few friends who were really big on him. So I just, I, I just said, well, let me listen to the tape. You know, and, I, I, and at that time I didn't really get caught up in the lyrics. I just started listening to the music. And my father, who was really into music, was like, "You gotta look at how how this uh, how it was mixed, you know, and how it was uh, 
engineer, you know? But, um... But, hey, we're running out of time right here, and, um... This is, I had a blast doing this, though. And uh, I want to say thank you to everyone that showed up, listened. This will be published tonight. And uh, I want to say thanks to uh, my cousin Troy for coming by and getting down with me. He's going to be back on again. Yo, most definitely. Thank you for having me. And uh, next week's show, for you R&B lovers, look out. We got something good coming for you. Thank you once again, and have a great day. And that, it was